0: Good morning and happy silent everyone. Uh, scripture today comes from 1 Timothy 6, verses 13 to 16. Uh, It says, In the sight of God, who gave us to everything and Christ Jesus, who all testify before climbing is private and great confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and holy ruler, the king of kings and mortals, who alone is immortal and who lives in unable to. Lord, who no one has seen or can see to him be honored and my brethren, amen. Okay. Have you said what the saucy? God Almighty, through Your holy Spirit, receiving Christ the person,
1: Jesus our Savior. I believe
0: in God, our Father.
1: I believe in Christ the Son in the Holy Spirit, our God is three and one. and in the resurrection, and we will rise again, and we will in the name of Jesus Christ. i
2: believe
1: not a save I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I got his spirit in mind. I believe in the resurrection. And we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe i For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of We are my God, for the Lord
3: I died in favor.
1: In the grave, praise to life, our God is able. In his name, we overcome. For the law, our God is able. Lift it up, we breathe in the grave. You buy I buy I buy You want
0: He's able to do it. It's, if you just sing and not really think about what we're singing, I want you guys to just, as we sing the same song, think about the things that God's done for us and the things that make him so amazing.
3: Revelation describes
0: what God as the great man in an all white robe surrounded by like uh, lights and like different gemstones and and
3: everything. you can imagine that kind of person forgetting all that and coming down here
0: to to die for us and to to save us from the wretchedness from within I
3: think that's pretty good this
1: is another one
3: I'm by You.
1: The i
2: Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Good
0: morning. I'm not here to do the sermon.
2: I'm here to introduce our guest speaker, well, not guest speakers. Um, our speaker this morning, she's not a guest speaker. She uh, just joined our pastoral staff this week. Uh, her first day was this last Tuesday for our staff meeting. Um, how many of you guys know Pastor Judy? Oh, most of you already know Pastor Judy. Okay, Pastor Judy. Uh, very important because she actually baptized one of my daughters. She's not very but uh, She baptized her daughter. Uh, she went to UC a little bit, and then she went to last year, uh, So any Lascaira graduates? Yeah, that's yeah, one of you. <laughs> Alright. Uh, she will be our campus ministry pastor. So I am actually waiting to introduce our speaker because uh, now studying this year, we have a uh, full-time pastor for our university. That kind of shows how serious we are with our students. So all of these students, you have your own pastor. You're <laughs> so blessed. But they were all blessed because, because of that. Um, pastor Jeannie was also a pastor, a, a new pastor at, at the University of She was also in the Um And she was a great at at Linda, and uh, she was so See what, mm-hmm. More. Mm-hmm. So
4: let's give a warm, So, as Pastor Richard mentioned, I started this Tuesday. And um, part of my, like, what I've been doing for my devotions is, um, Going through the Old Testament, but I've also been reading from uh, Oswald Chambers, my yeah, Muslim Heights. So if you guys are familiar with that devotional, and so this Tuesday it's like you know, first day, starting a new church, I'm like kind of nervous, kind of excited, and I open my devotions to see, you know, like what kind of message of encouragement does God have for me? What, you know, what does God, what does He want to tell me on this morning? as I began my ministry in Loma Linda. I'm gonna read you guys a few excerpts from what I read that morning. This was the title of that devotion. Are you ready to be poured out as an offering? I was like, oh, uh, kind of. And then it says this, are you willing to sacrifice yourself for the work of another believer to pour out your life sacrificially for the ministry and faith of others? No, I'm ready. And then it says, It is one thing to follow God's way of service in your regard as a hero, but it's quite another thing if the road marked out for you by God requires you to become a doormat under other people's feet. Are you ready? It's like, oh, okay. Are you ready to be sacrificed like that? Are you ready to be less than a mere drop in the bucket? To be so totally insignificant that no one remembers you? Even if they think of those you serve. Wow. Um, so I don't know if that's like a, that's what God is telling me my ministry at Mama Linda is going to be like, but I told him, I don't know if I'm ready, but if that's really what you want for me, from me, then I want to want that. You um, go get into the message today. Let's Holy Spirit, uh, this is your time now to do whatever you want to do. And so, uh, help us open our ears and our hearts and our minds to you. Um, and will you do, with this time, uh, the best way you see fit? And will you hide me in the shadow of the cross? And may each person here receive from you whatever it is you desire. This is our prayer, So I don't really get nervous before preaching. It's been a, a while since I've done this, but I felt a little nervous this week because, in a way, for those of you guys who don't know me, this could be like a first impression sermon, right? And and then you know, like, what's this pastor about? What's her theology like? What's important to her? So this week, as I was preparing, as I was studying, as I was praying, as I sought out inspiration, I went through a lot of topics a lot of different messages. Like, can't really go wrong talking about love, right? Like, grace is always good. Um, Hope, like encouragement, everyone loves that. But there was one topic I kept going back to because it's an area of Christianity that I've personally struggled with a lot, um, especially the last few years. And it's something that I've been trying to develop. And as Christians, yeah, we talk about love. We talk about grace. We talk about hope. We talk about a lot of different spiritual disciplines, but how often do we talk about joy? You know, joy is really important to God. Um, I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but it is. And it's important to God, uh, but I find that it's an area of our Christian lives that a lot of us tend to neglect. And what I mean is, many of us, we try to do certain Christian disciplines. We strive to pray, we try to communicate with Jesus. We try to read our Bibles. We try to spend time in the Word. We serve those around us. You know, we help with potluck. We get involved in outreach. We go on mission trips. But out of all the things that you do, when is the last time that you intentionally tried to grow in joy? As you grow in your relationship with Jesus, do you also are you conscious of growing in joy? Uh, there's a Christian brand that I really love called Rent Collective. Is anyone
2: familiar with
4: that something? They're super awesome. And over the years I've taken various groups of uh, like members you to go see them. And they have an album, my favorite album called The Art of Celebration. And uh, a song named after that as well. And it's a song about how when we feel condemnation and Satan is tempting us to feel despair, that, that is when God called out to us and he welcomes us into his. And because of that, we can boldly approach the throne. And I'm like, not really doing the song justice, but um, the praise team is actually going to play it for us. It's going to be our closing song, so you know pay attention to the lyrics then. But when Red Collective, when they perform this song, when they leave the congregation in this song of worship, they get to the bridge, and in the bridge they sing, This is the art of celebration, knowing we're free from condemnation. Oh, praise the one who made an end to all my sin. And when they get to the bridge, the lyrics are what I just said, right? This is the art of celebration, knowing we're free from condemnation. And I just realized I don't have a clicker. So, thank you. Okay. (laughs) So, when they sing this line, right? Art of celebration, we're free from condemnation. The arena, explodes with confetti. And then there's these gigantic balloons that, like, float in the air. And then right Collective, they put on these, like, panda head things, <laughs> panda heads. And it's, like, this ginormous celebration, right? And it's the art of celebration because we're knowing, we're understanding that we are free from the condemnation of sin. And this, like, the first time I ever experienced it, it was so awesome. It was so delightful. It was so unlike anything I've ever experienced before that when I was leaving the concert, one of my youth kids said to me, He's like, PJ, how come praise isn't ever like that in church? And I was like, Oh, you mean like how everyone was like super into it? He's like, No, I mean like the confetti. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I said, well, I feel like people would want to like clean that up. But you think about it, like, I'm not asking, like, all right, one well, like, can you invest in some confetti cans? But like, this is actually what if you think about the early church. I would, I would, this is kind I would of like right. was it wasn't <laughs> a celebration. It wasn't like this somber, like serious event. It was joy filled, and it was really funny because I was talking to uh, a local church member, and he was telling me about when he and his sister first started attending when we were in the church that. The two of them, they used to laugh at all Pastor Richard's jokes. Okay? They're like, yeah, oh man, he did. Every joke pastor, Richard, we we're cracking up. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Because like as a pastor, when people laugh at your jokes, it's like, things like keep going. But then he was like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm like, why not? And he's like, because you'll see, but that is not the atmosphere of Loman Church. No one laughs at any jokes. And I was like, oh, okay.
2: But
4: but this is important because it's not just that, like, oh, God likes joy, God likes celebration, but it's actually a part of who He is. And in the book of 1 Timothy, the scripture that um, Calvin read for us, Paul is writing a letter to one of his students. This younger guy that he's mentoring, and the purpose of this letter is to encourage him to be a guide him. And this is what Paul writes. He says, "In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who will testify before Pontius Pilate gave a good confession, I charge you to keep this command." Okay, so just like some like context, he's saying, like, "Hey, before God, before um, Jesus, I want you to do this one thing for me: keep this command." Okay, and he says without spot or blame, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus. And this command that he's referring to, and this is like kind of pre-context stuff, the command that Paul shares with Timothy is basically, hey, keep on fighting with good fight. Like, Timothy, don't give up. Keep at it. Hang in there. Like, fighting, right? He's like, this is kind of the command that he's sharing with, him and sending to him. And then Paul gets to the encouragement part, the, the advice, the wisdom. And it's this, verse fifteen. It says, "Which God will bring about in His own time." God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. All right, hold up. So I just said that this is where Paul brings the encouragement, the advice, the wisdom. But what kind of encouragement is this? And what does this even mean? I want you to look at the titles that Paul is giving. Paul is writing right now to encourage Timothy. He, he could have said, Timothy, God, He's the God of love. He's the God of mercy. God is the God of grace. He's the God of victory. But Paul intentionally says, God is the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Why? One of my very, very dear friends on um, the East Coast texted me this morning at 7 a.m. And she asked me, How can I pray for you this weekend, Knowing it was my first Sabbath at Loma? And to remind me of who God is and what His character is like, she started sending me scripture, started reminding me. And it helped me to actually break down verse 15 and understand why it is called writing this. If I had texted her and I was like, Man,
2: I'm freaking out. Loma is too big. I don't want to get like these giant screens.
4: Like they're very <laughs> burdensome like, and, and then if she responded okay, like, hey, don't forget God is Lord of Lords King of Kings maybe Paul emphasized God's titles who God is because during the tough times for Timothy what he really needed to know what would really encourage him what would give him peace would be to know that God is the one who's in charge okay. Timothy dude, I know you're stressed out I know you've been super worried about all this stuff that's on your plate, but listen, God, remember God? Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He is the blessed and only ruler. And He's got you. You don't need to worry. he can let go of your anxiety. He is in charge. But what we're actually going to focus on this morning is is one specific title Paul uses when he says that God is the blessed and only ruler interesting because Paul calls God blessed. And it's not his first time either. At the beginning of this letter, he talks about the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God. Think about the situations in which you guys use the word blessed. I think for a lot of us, we say that word blessed when we feel lucky. When we feel like something positive happens. Right? Um, like, we got a good parking spot. Because you got a good test score. You got a promotion. Maybe you thought you were going to fail this test, but you passed barely upon less. Maybe you got a good deal on something. Right? I don't know what recently you felt less about. Maybe you felt less because the nacho fries and Taco Bell are back. <laughs> they're back And they're delicious. Right? Maybe you felt less because it's 14-1. We say we feel less to have our friends so the way we understand being blessed from a Christian perspective, like nowadays,
2: is often
4: we feel like God has given us something, and so we feel blessed. We feel lucky. But then why would we call God blessed? Like did God lack something, and then he gave himself something, and then he's like, oh, like, hashtag blessed, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. So I study this word, blessed. And as I studied this concept of joy, what I learned was that the same Greek word that we read here, which is "makarios," is the same word that Jesus used repeatedly in the Sermon on the Mount. Right when Jesus said, "Blessed are the poor," "Blessed are, uh, blessed are the poor in the spirit," "Blessed are those who mourn." The English translation that we read is "bless," right, for the word the Greek word "makarios." But another translation for that word is the word "happy." So this phrase, the glory of the blessed God, is saying, the glory of the happy God. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, okay. Okay, this is my favorite person in the whole world. Okay? This is my harmony, my grandma. Isn't she so cute? <laughs> okay, So she's extra happy in this picture because I don't let her buy me stuff. to let her buy me one piece of mochi, right? um, Japanese rice cake. But she tricked me because my, ja- uh, because my grandma is actually fluent in Japanese, and so she used her Japanese skills, and she told me she was going to buy me one mochi, but she bought me a whole box. And so she's like super happy right there. <laughs> I think my grandma is so cute when she smiles, okay? but when I was a child, I genuinely believed she didn't know how to smile. I thought she was incapable of smiling Because in my childhood memories, she always seemed mad. Like, you know grandmas like that? Like, they just always seem mad. And her voice was like extra loud and extra stern. And so when my sister and I were younger, we were like very much intimidated by her, and we very much gravitated towards and favored our very gentle grandpa. And my mom likes to retell this story of how my grandparents were visiting, And I was maybe like five, six years old. And my grandma and my mom were in the kitchen making stuff. And I was like somewhat uncomfortably like hanging out in the kitchen with them. And with my nervous energy, I kept opening the fridge door and then shutting it. And opening the fridge door and shutting it. And opening the fridge door and shutting it. it, Until my grandma finally shouted, Get out! But like she didn't actually shout it. That's just how I remember it. She just said it very normally for her. What my mom said she was cracking up because she said I smiled super big and then I opened the fridge door and then I hid behind it, I popped on the floor, and then I burst into tears and started wailing. <laughs> when you imagine God, what kind of facial expression does he have? What kind of tone does his voice have when he addresses When you think about God, do you see him as a happy God?
3: When I was a kid, I
4: thought that my grandma's face was a face with a deep frown, with a scary, booming voice. Someone who was always pointing out the things I did wrong. But now when I think about my grandma, this is the face that I imagine. When you think about God as he looks at you, and looks at your life, and the decisions that you make, What does his expression look like? Does he have a deep frown? Does he have a scary, boogie voice? Do you imagine God as, like, a judgy judge in, like, crisp white robes that raises his eyebrows at your life choices? Like, really? You're going to do that? Or do you see him for whose scripture says he is a happy God, a God with, like, crinkly, smiley eyes who is divided that he is able to give you way more than you thought about ever deserved, And do you get that when you finally surrender whatever stress you carry, whatever anxiety, whatever worry, when you surrender those things to him in your just like complete and utter tiredness, when you seek him out, do you believe, do you see that he is smiling over you with like the most kindness, most gentle, most compassionate love. That when you overcome something, or when you succeed in something, or when you grow in some way, that he's just like, he has the biggest grin on his face. Like all of his teeth show. And he's just beaming over you. Happy. Our happy God. And then this phrase that we just read, God, the blessed and only ruler. Listen to what it's really saying. God, the happy and only ruler. Why don't we talk about this quality of God? I think if we talked about it more, in our just everyday conversation, if we talked about this more, the fact that God is a happy God, I think it would change the way not just us, but the people around us view God. To be honest, it's changed how I view God. The glory of the happy God God, the happy and only ruler, King of kings, Lord of lords. You see, for God, he's not blessed because he received something. He's just literally blessed. <laughs> That's who he is. He is the embodiment of happiness. He is joy. The Bible says that God literally dances over us with shouts of joy in Zephaniah. Right? In his nature, in his nature, God celebrates you. And we become happy when we, when we get something or someone or someplace. But God is happy with a capital H, right? That's Him. He is happy. Like if God was like Snow White's horse, He would have been happy. Right? And probably also document right. we talk about God. As love all the time. And we know that God is love. Which makes sense that when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, the first fruit is love. And the logic behind the fruits of the Spirit is, okay, if God is love and you have God, then you have love. Right? That makes sense. But do you know what the second fruit of the Spirit is? What's the second fruit of the Spirit? Joy. Joy. Because not only is God love, but God is also So if you have God, since God is joy, you have joy. So now let's think about something. Let's assume you've been following, and this makes sense to you. You're like, okay, okay. Um, God is a source of joy. He's a happy God. with you, PJ. Now, when you think about your life, the last few weeks, the last few months, the last year, where have you been looking for joy? Who do you go to to find happiness? Where do you find it? Has it been in success? Has it been in money? Has it been in people, in relationships, in status? Where have you been looking for joy? Because if you've been following the message this morning, then the point that we've reached is this. If you believe that God is the source of joy, then the true place that you can find it is in Him. Click, C.S. Lewis he writes this in his book, Neo Christianity. He says, All that we call human history money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, classes, empire, slavery, all this bad stuff all of these things is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. What he's saying here is basically all the junk in this world, all the extra noise in our lives, at the end of the day, people are looking for happiness in all the wrong places, and they're going about it in all the wrong things. Now, maybe you have been searching for joy in God, or maybe you've been looking somewhere else, I don't know. But is it working? Is it working? And if it's working, and the relationships, go to or the like experiences you see out, or the places or goals or whatever, if that is allowing you to experience real joy and happiness and contentment in a way that will not change based on your
2: circumstances,
4: then, dude, that's awesome. Like you should keep at it. But if you are at a place where you realize that the happiness and the joy that you've been experiencing has been kind of disappointing and you're like, there's something more. And maybe, maybe you've been looking for it in the wrong place. And not because you're doing it all wrong. Right? Not because it's not because God, you know, he's a vending machine or a genie who's just going to shower you with all the things you've never wanted. But because joy, because joy is a sign. It's a side effect. It is uh, just a natural result of liberation, of freedom. And that's really the ultimate thing that he wants for us. Freedom. Liberation from anxiety, stress, worry. Freedom from thinking that everything rests on our shoulders. When we change the way we do this, it changes the way we live. It changes our perspective there's a lay leader Um, he's actually a lay leader of Rock Church up in Portland he's a lay leader that I love and I respect and I had this conversation with him one time where um, that's when their church had no pastor and um, I knew that he was involved with a lot of stuff and so I was asking him like, like how are you doing with no pastor like I feel like there's a lot on your plate and he had the craziest response. This is what he said to me. He's like, man, Pastor Judy, you know, there are Sabbath mornings where he's, let me tell you, he's a full-time physician, but this is what his Sabbath mornings look like sometimes at that time. He said, Pastor there are some Sabbaths where I go to church, I teach Sabbath school, and then I go and I grab my guitar and praise, And then after that, I give the sermon. Okay? And I was like, dang, like, And I was thinking, man, I feel so bad for this guy. And I was like, man, how are you doing with that? And this is what he said. He said, no, honestly, Pastor, it makes me feel bad. And I was thinking, I bet it makes you feel bad. That sucks. And then he continues. This is what he said. He said, Pastor, it makes me feel bad because I'm hogging all the blessings for myself. (laughs) Why? I was so, like, humbled by this. He said, it's so unfair. I'm doing everything, and so I'm getting all the blessings. I'm experiencing the joy of serving God in all these different ways. But what about the other leaders at my church? And he wasn't doing those things because he had to, but because he wanted to he's free and because of this freedom he has so much joy in his service and the invitation that god wants to extend to all of us this morning is to find in his presence this joy in the presence of the happy god i think there are some people in this room who just need to know that god he's a god of joy he wants you to experience genuine, overwhelming joy in your life. There are some people in this room that are so stressed out or worried or anxious, struggling with stuff. You feel so overwhelmed and exhausted, and you just need to hear right now that number one, God is in charge, and number two, He is a happy God, and He wants you to enjoy what He pours out into your life. So set down your burdens and stresses. Stop worrying about all those things that you're trying to figure out by yourself. You don't have to worry so much. You don't have to struggle so much. Just enjoy the things, the relationships, the freedom that He is extending to you. He wants to take your worries, your anxieties, your struggles, and he wants to replace them with joy and peace and hope and celebration. And he wants to do that, not a few months down the road, not once you're settled, not once you have a solid relationship with him.
2: He wants to do that for you today.
4: He wants you to know that it breaks his heart to see you so stressed out and so anxious. That you're trying to manage all these small things and all these big things. He wants you to have joy. And he wants you to know that he is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one and only ruler, the happy God. And I hope that we can journey together as a church to know him for who Scripture says he is. Let's pray. Right. Father, Happy Father, a lot of us so, in the same way that we have maybe had misconceptions about people from when we were younger to now. Father, some of us have misconceptions about you still. And so will you continue to pour out to us? Will you continue to show us who you really are, your character, that we may be changed? That we may be liberated, that we may be able to
1: experience
0: the joy that can only be found in your presence. This is our prayer. Amen. Let's stand
1: Only
2: I've lost. In I'm
1: running home.
3: But of oh my God,
1: welcome to your love, you to your but this righteousness. sin. A thousand, years, a thousand years of God. our God he to sing his prayer. I have brought your now I'm brought that you see Unless now I'm running home I am now Welcome as your own Into the arms of majesty Into the arms of
3: majesty
4: Celebrating in your presence, celebrating because of things that you've done. Maybe this is a new concept, but Father, if that's the case, um, I mean, today is a new day, so will you show us, will you teach us, will you draw us into your presence that we may see you so clearly that we can't help but respond in joy because you'll have drenched us already. Thank you for the sunshine the joy that you should give to us in many ways in our lives. May we appreciate, may we experience, may we celebrate. We pray these things